Good evening, it's uh, it's good to be with you and uh, if you have your Bible with you, please turn with me to Hebrews and we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 11 as we look at this great chapter of faith. I'm going to read from verse 20 of chapter 11. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons, and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of great value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us we would be made perfect. Well, God will add his blessing to that reading of his word. And before we look at it, let's just pray together. Our Father, we thank you again that we can gather in this way around your word and the knowledge that you are here in our midst. We thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit and we know that he can just open these words up to us. We can bury them in our hearts and we can apply them to your glory as we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
So, uh, back to this chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. And throughout this chapter, as well as meeting people of faith, we have the progression of the journey of God's promise that he gave to Abraham. If we go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, this is what we read. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be blessed. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So that is the promise given to Abraham. So let's go back a little bit into Hebrews chapter 11, back to verse 8. And we looked at these words. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. Now, the readers of this letter are being shown that the relationship that they had with God as a nation had always been by faith, by belief, trust and obedience in God and not by works. And the explanation of this passage is that faith comes first. At the time of Abraham, there was no Jewish nation. There was no Mosaic law. There was no Moses. The law would come as part of the promise so that they would know their failings, their weaknesses, their sin. And then through their belief, their faith, they can show their faith and belief and their trust and their obedience to God so that through the promise all mankind would be blessed. This was the journey onto the fulfilment of the promise. And now for them, the first readers of this letter, this promise has been fulfilled by Jesus. The new covenant is here. The relationship with God is still by faith, belief, trust and obedience. It is faith, belief, trust and obedience in the perfect sacrifice of the Lamb of God, who is Jesus. So let us move on into chapter 11 as we continue on this journey. And verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. So Isaac, by his faith in the future of the promise that God had made, is blessing his children. This is faith in things unseen, because Isaac, like all of us, could not see into the future. Yet, while on his deathbed, he showed his assurance in the future of the promise by blessing his sons. And in verse 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. So in like manner, Jacob showed his faith in the promise by blessing his sons. And he speaks to Joseph about his faith in the promise. A little bit of testimony here from Jacob to his son Joseph. And we read that in Genesis 48, verse 3 and 4. Jacob said to Joseph, 
God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan. And there he blessed me and said to me, I'm going to make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will make you a community of people and I will give you this land as an everlasting possession to your descendants after you. This land was the land of Canaan. Jacob was building the nation. The nation would be known by his name, the children of Israel. He too has faith in things not seen. Genesis 49 verse 1 Then Jacob called for his sons and said, Gather round so that I can tell you what will happen to you in days to come. He didn't know the events of the future. But he knew that God, as he had promised, would bless his sons. And his sons would become a great nation. He knew that much about the future. And so he said to them, Then Jacob called for his sons and said, Gather round so that I can tell you what will happen to you in the days to come. That is, the fulfilment of God's promise would continue. One of his sons, Joseph, would go on to save Israel from slavery. By faith, this is verse 22, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. Joseph didn't know how that would happen, but for God's promise to be fulfilled, he knew that Egypt was not the promised land. He knew it was Canaan. And he knew that although his journey was over, his life was about to finish, he knew and he had faith in the fact that the promise would go on. Genesis 50, verse 24 and 25. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to you, your aid and take you up out of this land, to the land he promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up from this place. So, we now move on to Moses. But first we see the faith of his parents as they put their faith into action. This is interesting the way the, way the, the, the writer puts it in verse 23 to 28. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. This edict brought about by the king had the potential to destroy God's promise. These were godly parents and this promise that they knew about, that they trusted in, that their faith was in. They wanted to stay faithful to it. 
they knew that their child was no ordinary child. I want us just for a few moments to go into the New Testament to Acts chapter 7 and Stephen, the first martyr, is about to be executed because of his faith in Jesus. And Stephen makes a, a speech uh, laying out the whole history of Israel. And he's speaking to the so-called religious leaders of his day, those who are about to and will eventually stone him to death. And part of that speech, this is what Stephen said. At that time, Moses was born. And he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for by his family. The importance of that here. Their faith prepared Moses to be able to review the values in his life. To help Moses make life-changing decisions. Decisions that his faith would be built on faith, belief, trust and obedience in the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And then in verse 24, we come to Moses himself. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was a child of Israel. Verse 25. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. This was a choice that he made. He chose the people of God and not to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Verse 26, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Notice how the writer introduces Christ, the Messiah, the Chosen One, reminding his first readers about who Jesus is. The treasures of Egypt were not necessarily all evil. Moses gave up things that many of our missionaries give up. Moses gave up the easy life of comfort. He gave up a position of what would have been authority. He gave up the material security that he would have had in the palace in Egypt. And he did it because he too was looking for the city whose architect and maker is God. Verse 27. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He put his faith into things unseen. He believed, trusted and obeyed. Verse 28. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith he was faithful to the Passover. He established the Passover and he kept the Passover. He continued on and he walked by faith and he worked by faith. Now in our passage in chapter 11 we turn from individuals to the nation of Israel. 
verse 29. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. You see, it was God who parted the waters. But it was their faith, their belief and their trust that led them to put their faith into action, to obey God and to walk through. To walk across on dry ground. That wouldn't have been an easy thing to do. All that water piled up. The dry ground, quite a distance to cover, and the fear would have been that that water would have suddenly been released and devastated them. But no, they put their faith in God and in what he had done, and they trusted. Verse 30, by faith the water Jericho fell after the army had marched round them for seven days. Again, the people had faith, faith to march around the city. And for seven days probably being mocked by the people on the walls of the city. But they let God bring down the walls. They trusted God. And they didn't stand and wait. They put their faith into action. They marched seven days round the wall, trusting God to honour their faithfulness. So we come back to people in verse 31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Now this is very important because this is an introduction of somebody who is outside of what we might call a Jewish faith, Rahab. A woman, a woman, not just a woman, but a woman of bad repute, who by faith found her genealogy in the line of Jesus. We go to Matthew chapter 1 and we read in that genealogical list Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed the father of Jesse. You know what we have here with this introduction of Rahab? is the whosoever of the gospel. That's what John tells us in his gospel. Whosoever will, whosoever, we're all sinners. And so we all have the opportunity to come. But back to our passage, the list goes on as names are mentioned again. Verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson and Japheth, about David and Samuel and the prophets. And then the list goes on as deeds are mentioned. We start this in verse 33. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Verse 33, women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. This is now speaking about those martyrs, those who gave their lives. Back to verse 36, some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. 
They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and ill-treated. And then in verse 38, we have a reference to all of them. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. We have 13 people named. Prophets referred to. The nation of Israel mentioned. And the brave acts of men and women commended. And this brings us to verse 39. As the writer tells us, these were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. You know, that is a summary, really, of everything we've read so far in this letter to the Hebrews. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. I want to ask you, what do you notice so far about what we've looked at this evening? Well, firstly, they all had faith in the promise that God had given to them. All these mentioned died without receiving the fullness of the promise. The fullness of the promise was the city whose architect and builder is God. And that promise was prepared and ready for them, waiting for them in God's kingdom. I wonder if the first readers of this letter would call to mind the words of Jesus. We have those words in John 14 verse 2. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? That is the place of the city whose architect and builder and maker is God. Do you notice, secondly, none of these people were perfect. Now, the first readers of the letter would be very familiar with the failings of these heroes, but none of those failings are mentioned. These heroes of faith. We can learn about their failings as we read about their lives in more detail in the Old Testament. And what we have there in those passages, what and all. And the evidence that none of them were perfect and they were all sinners. In Hebrews chapter 4 and 5, the writer makes it clear that no one is perfect. But here in chapter 11, there is no mention of this. Why? Well, I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is by faith that we are saved. Now there's a great emphasis in there of those words, in, in those words of Paul as he wrote to the church at Ephesus. And he's getting these points over. Get hold of this. For it is by grace. That is the grace of God. You don't deserve it. You've done nothing to earn this. 
So how do we get where we are? You have been saved through faith. And then he confirms that. And this is not from yourselves. And then he drives it home. It is the gift of God. It is by faith that we are saved. This chapter in Hebrews 11 is all about redemption, about sinners saved by grace, by the grace of God. Those who, when this letter was written, were now in the city whose architect and maker is God. And they are there, not because of what they've done, but because of the shed blood of Jesus. In this passage, you noticed not their failings are called to mind. They're not mentioned. But in verse 40 in chapter 11, it says, Since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us would they be made perfect. Do you get that? Our good works come because of our faith, our faith in the shed blood of Jesus. And our sins are covered by the shed blood of Jesus. They are there. But you know, when we're with him in glory, they will not be called to mind. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this wonderful passage of faith, for these great people, and the reminder to us that they were all like us, sinners who failed. But those who by faith believed, trusted and obeyed your word, and it was all to your glory. Our Father just teaches, uh, as we look at these things in the days in which we live, in the situations we are surrounded by. But our Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the, 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 the encouragement that we can take from it. And our Father, we know that this is not by man's wisdom or by man's words. It's by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we pray that by his work in our lives, we might be blessed and your name glorified. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.